Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, directly across from me and hermetically sealed in his tent with his oxygen at normal levels, his temperature at 72, and no forehead well, thermometer. If my temperature was at 72, I'd be dead. The air temperature. Oh, all right. Gosh. You're contrarian today. Why is that? Well, you said it. You said your temp, my temperature is 72. If you had said temperature inside the hermetically sealed bubble in which he resides is 72, I would have accepted that. Would you? (laughs) Yes, I would have. Your acceptance is important to me. I know it is. It's right up there with whether or not you get a root canal tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We have a guest to start out our program this morning, Marv Rudnitsky. A lot of folks will know him around here. Of course, Rudnitsky Hackman, now Rudnitsky Hackman and Potter Law Group. He helped found it and uh, turned over the reins to it. Now a senior attorney. So he's a founder and retired partner there, con- active contributor to this day at the work of the Pennsylvania Bar Association, the American Bar Association. Uh, students at Susquehanna University have uh, heard him talking about legal interaction with the business world at the Sigmund Wise School of Business. And we appreciate you checking in to talk about the U.S. Supreme Court. Good morning, Marv. Morning, Marv. Good morning, Mark and Joe. It's a pleasure to be on with you. I really do appreciate you checking in uh, today. Well, let's uh, talk about uh, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, there's some efforts underway now because the pandemic has hit the White House and, and the U.S. Senate to delay those hearings. Is it feasible that things like this can delay hearings? Well, apparently so. The, the My understanding of the rules of the Senate is that the Judiciary Committee can hold hearings even virtually using Zoom like a lot of us these days. So it's safe to to do that, and that would be the hearing to kind of vet her qualifications. But the actual vote that requires the, you know, the advice and consent of the Senate, you know, that apparently has to be in person. Okay, so when the time comes for the U.S. Senate to vote, uh, let's talk about those hearings. Give us a glimpse of what we can expect about mid-October or so in terms of the kind of testimony. We've we've seen contentious exchanges in the past. Are you starting to see that maybe we'll have that then and the length of the hearing and so on? Well, and two, don't forget that uh, Judge Kavanaugh described the current process of of hearings as despicable. Uh, Compare and contrast it maybe with the way it used to be, Marv? Well, you know, I've watched a few of these uh, through the years, um, and they can be contentious. In in a case like this where uh, one party controls the Senate and the actual result is probably well known, uh, the party out of power is more likely to want to ask questions that simply illustrate the, the differences between the two parties. For example, <clears throat> uh, the Democrats have 
traditionally been on the side of the feminists, and that includes that a woman has the right to choose how her body uh, rights over her body, including the right of abortion. And so, although Amy Comey's uh, views will be known, and they will ask questions about it, I'm quite sure that being a smart jurist, she will not answer those questions and say she will follow the law. They all do that. Uh, and they won't answer hypothetical questions. But th that won't stop the senators from raising the issue so that the public hears about it. Uh, so I expect that the issue of abortion will be front and center. Uh, you'll hear questions, uh, even though they don't expect her to give the answer to how she will vote in a in any rehearing of Roe versus Wade. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Marv, you're saying this is all political theater. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of political theater to it, uh, there's no doubt. Uh, and if I were in the United States Senate and I were promoting her, I would simply highlight her qualifications because she has sterling qualifications. You know, people don't rise in that system uh, very high unless they have good qualifications. And so the only difference will be how what people bring to the job of being a judge so all of us are human beings including those in the highest offices and we bring along our long history our predilections and those writings and speeches that we may have given along the way reveal how we feel about things the job of a judge is to as we say using the baseball analogy call the balls and strikes but it's not that simple because along the edges, the tough questions rise to the, to the courts of appeal and to the Supreme Court, where it's not so clear what the result ought to be. And how we, what we bring to that job tends to influence how we will ultimately vote. There's nothing absolutely at all illegal about what's happening in Washington right now. In other words, the president, even in the final day of his term in the White House, could nominate somebody, might not ever get acted on. But, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the process, is there? I see nothing wrong with the process in this year. I saw a lot wrong in the process in 2016. So if, if you allow me a minute to give some background. I know it sounds fundamental government law, but we have a constitution that calls for a change in the Congress every two years, a change in the presidency possibly every four years, and a change in the United States Senate over every six years. So we have this ability that the major issue of the day doesn't affect things as much because we have the Senate to take a lot of time to think about what's going on and add that perspective. So we have this balance among the three branches of government. It takes years sometimes to make change. But if one party says, well, you know what, we're not going to give President Obama his constitutional right to appoint a justice, that throws things out of balance. So I think um, Senator McConnell and the Republican Party at that time that stood with him allowed 11 months to go by with a 4-4 uh, difference in the Supreme Court and not allowing that um, justice to be appointed. That threw things out of kilter. So here we are in 2020, and now we're saying, well, it seems legal now. Well, we clearly we're not blind to what happened in 2016. So one president was denied an appointment. Now we're saying this president has the right to appoint. It applied equally in both years. So 
trying to get things back into balance has raised in the minds of many people, well, why don't we just add more justices to the court? This has happened many times in our history, particularly in the 19th century. We started with only six justices, then we went to seven, then to eight, even to ten, then back to nine. It's because the Constitution doesn't say how many justices. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt attempted to to pack the court because he was unhappy with decisions, and that did not fly in the Congress, so they kept it at nine. So I can see those who feel like the the bad thing happened in 2016, and we need to right that ship, because Merrick Garland was a highly qualified candidate to fill the, the position on the Supreme Court, just as uh, Judge Amy Comey uh, Barrett is. Well, the Senate is required to give its advice and consent. So they, they don't have to vote for the president's pick. And I can recall, uh, I think it was President Reagan appointed a couple of people who didn't fly with the Senate at that time. You know, so w- it, what should be the criteria for a yes or no vote? Should it be the candidate's qualifications? In Amy Coney Barrett's case, they're talking about her religion. And as Diane Feinstein said, the dogma lives loudly within you. Should there be a religious litmus test? Should there be a policy litmus test for uh, being on the Supreme Court? I don't think so. Uh, The American Bar Association, uh, I think since the 1950s, since the uh, Eisenhower administration, was consulted for its impartial view on the qualifications of a judge, a justice. And those started with integrity. Do they feel the judge has integrity? And they look at their history. Does the judge have competence in the law? And there they look at their decisions and their legal writings. Uh, And then finally, their temperament. Do they show good judicial temperament? Those were the three things. You know, integrity, competence, judicial temperament. It had nothing to do with religious views. Uh, Judge uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is talking about overturning the decision in recent years that made that legalized same-sex marriage. Have you heard about that? Your reaction to that idea, this idea of revisiting cases to revise the outcome? It doesn't happen very often because uh, what makes us the rule of law country is our belief that we have to let the decision stand. That's called stare decisis giving legal precedent, the, the honoring legal precedent means not overturning cases just because you can, because the, the country has grown to live with it and it's become a part of our morals and culture. I, I, we don't like to see that. As a lawyer, a practicing lawyer, the only way I can give legal advice is based upon the law and the case precedent. If courts are constantly turning it over, revisiting, if you will, that's a problem. Now, a big footnote to what I just said. There are times when a bad decision is made and needs to be overturned. Plessy versus Ferguson in the Supreme Court said separate but equal was fine. That was overturned in Brown versus Board of Education, and that was a good decision. That said, no, that's not the case. You know, so we have to look at it carefully. We don't see a lot of those cases uh, being overturned, and I hope Justice Thomas is wrong. 
One of our good listeners sends a note and says, what impact would packing the court have on sitting justices as they're likely to be uh, less, or are they as likely to be as extreme in their views if they know that their ultra-conservative decisions might result in packing the court and the naming of more justices? Is it likely that they'll look at things differently? Well, that's a, a good question, and I can't tell you the answer to that is, uh, if I were on the Supreme Court and I knew that more justices were being added, I don't think it would change my interpretation of the law. I took an oath to, to, uh, to interpret the law and apply the law and not to change my views because of the number of people on the court. Well, there are many people who say the court should be strictly constructionist, should follow the Constitution as it was written, and others who say it's a living, breathing document and it should be subject to change by the courts. Should the courts be writing policy or just interpreting the law? The courts should not be writing policy. Uh, that doesn't mean they need to be originalist or strict constructionist. You know, it, we have the things change. For example, in 1789, when the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are, are done, that doesn't mean we are not going to have airline industries, because they didn't exist back then. So, for example, the law of property is if you own one acre of land, one square acre of land, you own to the center of the earth, down in kind of like an inverted pyramid. And you also own out to the heavens the air rights above your land. Well, that's a common law theory, and that's how we were when we adopted, um, how we became a country. That law still applies today, the common law. Yet we had to revise it because of the changes in science. You know, along come the Wright brothers, and now people are able to fly over other people's land. Well, should we have a toll every time they cross somebody's <laughs> land? We had to adapt in order to allow an airline industry to come along. Today we have internet and genetics, things that were never contemplated. So we have to find ways to adapt the law to the, to the current day. Well, as we're talking about uh, how the court might shape up next year, uh, what are some scenarios? Can you start to say, well, with a, a Democratic president and a Republican Senate continuing, you know, how might that interact with the court versus a Democratic Senate and a Republican president and so on? Uh, can you start to draw possibilities from the various possible parameters? Uh, that's another hard one now. I'm not sure I have an answer to that. Uh, because uh, the courts only respond to the cases that come before them. You know, they don't handle many cases. Uh, actually, it's something between 100 and 150 cases a year. There are thousands of petitions that come before the court, and they decide which ones they're going to, to accept. Uh, whether it's a Democratic president or Republican president probably does not affect the number of cases or the kind of cases. It's up to the litigants who take the cases and try to get them accepted by the court. I was one of those fortunate lawyers in the country. I actually had a case go to the Supreme Court. It was Milton Steel. You remember, remember that company? Sure. Milton Steel, it, it shut down, and uh, some of the people, the employees, uh, were not given sufficient notice of the closure, and I was fortunate enough to have that group of people come to me for help, and uh, we went all the way to the Supreme Court, and we won. <laughs> and what was the outcome of that? I, I recall the discussion. It was a labor law case, and it, it was a question of how long did those employees have following the closure 
to bring their case under the federal law for benefits. And the statute itself gave no length of time. Typically, we see two years as a statute of limitations. And so they, they said the closest analogous law would apply, and one said six months, the other said two years. Uh, judge Malcolm Muir, who was the judge in Williamsport at the time, um, first ruled in our behalf because we filed it like eight months after the closure, and he ruled in our favor. And then, kind of inexplicably, he changed his mind and said, "No, it's it's um, it's a shorter period, and so your your clients are out of luck." And we appealed it to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, and then on to the Supreme Court. I wish I'd had the courage, Joe, to argue that case in front of the. The justice myself, but uh, I felt like a complete rookie in that arena, and so I brought in some expert uh, uh, appellate lawyers to assist my clients, and that's how we won. Let's go back for a minute to, to the size of the court. As you correctly point out, it's varied over the years. Should there be a constitutional amendment to fix it? I mean, should the courts, we talk about the separation of powers and the balance of powers, the Congress having the right to pack the court or change the size of it capriciously seems like a, a violation of that principle. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, if, if I were a voter and they had uh, a limitation on the number of justices, uh, I might go along with that. One of the reasons that the number of justices changed through the years is because we were growing and expanding country through the 19th century, and so we had to add additional circuits. Uh, if we continued to be a growing country, although the rate of birth is declining somewhat, uh, I want to be careful about locking it into an amendment. If, uh, if the country continues to change, it would make sense to have more justices and perhaps even to have them sit in, in groups of five or groups of three to, to handle more cases. What about the proposal to put term limits on them? Eighteen years, I've heard, kicked about. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, one. Uh, yeah, we've had some justices who were terrific into their uh, elder years and, and some who weren't so great. Uh, I think the country could live with uh, a long, fixed term. The idea is we want to remove politics from it. No matter who appointed them, we want them to do their best job using their, their highest t integrity. Uh, if they know it's 15 years and then I'm done, uh, that's probably okay. Uh, I have some reservation because if they appoint a 40-year-old and at 55 they're out, they might still be thinking about the, the rest of their career and how their decisions might affect them personally. A, a job for life kind of removes that. Yeah, look at Amy Comey, Coney Barrett in her 40s, and uh, you know she'd be willing to serve um, many more decades, uh, possibly, you know, depending upon how that goes in her life and so on. Uh, anything else that is important to talk about in the discussion? Uh, Joe and I are very good questioners, but we always leave one important one on the table. What is that? What What's the one topic that we didn't bring up that is important? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so nothing comes to mind immediately, anyway. No, nothing comes to mind immediately. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, thing for you to bring this uh, before the people, because the judicial branch is something most people don't encounter in their lifetimes. They just read about it, or they perhaps recall what they, what they learned in, in high school classes or, or college. Uh, but it's, it's such an important thing. Three independent branches of government uh, really have made us a wonderful country, economic growth flows from that a predictable rule of law 
makes us one of the greatest countries on earth. It's very important that we don't mess around with it too much. Amen. I right. agree with you more. Thank you, Marv. Well, thank you so much. Feel free to check back in again, and we'll summon you again for this very topic. Thank you, Marv. Thanks for calling You're in. You're welcome. Have a good morning. You too. You too. That is uh, Marv Rudnitsky. Uh, he is a Sealands Grove attorney, founder and retired partner of Rudnitsky, Hackman, and Potter Law Firm, the law firm that uh, RHP thrives over in the Hummel's Wharf area to this very day. Pennsylvania Bar Association, American Bar Association, very active with those. Uh, so we appreciate his uh, checking in. Uh, we'll take some reaction to his remarks, or maybe an even better question. We, maybe you know the question that Joe and I didn't ask him. Uh, we certainly can entertain that. Uh, we have the president who is out of the hospital and uh, doing a good photo op on the portico of the White House, uh, looking fairly healthy. So uh, we can chit-chat about that. And uh, we can talk about the fact Twitter hit a, another Joe Biden gaffe for three weeks. Oh, but Joe Biden gaffe. Okay. Joe's got the gotcha <laughs> of got the it. Oh, I got here. it. Okay. You know Good. why Joe Biden is out and able to go around today and be healthy? Because some black woman stocked the grocery shelves. He okay. said it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Joe's got him now, baby. So <laughs> too bad for Joe Biden. He uh, was doing pretty great, but Joe finally got the gotcha. This will be uh, Joe Biden's... Uh, uh, he's toast. ...that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, videotape moment for him. All right, well, we'll talk about this when we come back, but we invite you to call us, 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. This is going to be Joe Biden's Access Hollywood moment, yes. uh, this idea of what he said on this videotape. So we'll be chit-chatting about that shortly on WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we just had Marv Rudnitsky on the line talking about the U.S. Supreme Court and packing the court possibility is still out there. Uh, the president made a triumphant made-for-TV moment returning to the White House yesterday. And, of course, Senator Toomey announced yesterday that he's not seeking a re-election, nor would he be uh, running for governor in a couple years. So I think, uh, I believe he had talked about that to insiders and supporters and friends and so on, so that was, may have been a surprise to some of those individuals as well. They now, call what that taking a Sherman. Ah. If elected, I will not serve, or if nominated, <laughs> I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. And who famously said that? William Tecumseh Sherman, when asked to run for president of the United States. Okay. What did you find out about Joe Biden? Well, he apparently had another gaffe this morning that Twitter hid for a couple of days or weeks. I forget what it is. But he made a rather another disparaging comment about black people, in effect. Well, I'll tell you why. 
because the American public, the blinders have been taken off. They've all of a sudden seen a hell of a lot clearer. They're seeing, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Or I got a young Hispanic is out there, these dreamers are out there, 60,000 of them acting as first responders and nurses and docs. Or all of a sudden people are realizing, my Lord, you know, these people have done so much, not just black, white, across the board. They've done so much for me. And that's a gaffe? That's Access Hollywood? Well, I think so. <laughs> Come on, Joe. It's, it's demeaning. It's demeaning. It's like, uh, you know, oh Mass, Massa Joe been saved by the black and Hispanic people who are out there every day risking their lives. He's not out there risking his. He's not even taking the average, everyday common risks those people take. He's hidden in his basement for, what, six months? <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, he's answering a question about how minority groups are uh, uh, in greater uh, risk because they're on the front lines, many more service jobs filled by minority groups. I mean, that's just pure demographics. I'm not saying anything disparaging. That's just the reality of life in the U.S. You know, uh, and, and look how uh, the... Uh, um, what, the hospitality industry uh, very much uh, dominated in, in the labor world and the working class world by minority groups. I think he's just describing that using specific examples, but you found that offensive and that's a well, gap. The media did. And oh, okay. In fact, his campaign has not, uh, he's taken a lot of heat for it in the media from some of the media this morning. Right. You know, so it, it sounds condescending, don't you? I mean, <laughs> won't you admit at least it's condescending? I mean, I, I'm safe. To be, me, but I'm safe. Be, what about the white people who are out there working as first responders, <laughs> and the white people who are stocking grocery shelves, and the people, I, the Native Americans who are stocking grocery shelves, or the Oriental people, or the Asian people stocking yeah. grocery shelves? I think every comment relates to white people in the world. That's uh, that's why the world is uh, is uh, white. Dominated, I guess. Oh, it is, is it? Well, gee, that's amazing considering they're in the minority. You are listening. Oh, Joe, open up your eyes. Oh, Take Mark, off your little Mark, wings. Mark. <laughs> your your uh, funnels have grown wings and are blinding you. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep talking about this. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, we got open phones right now. They are available for your occupancy. The grump, topic, grump, grump. I know. You, you <laughs> kind of wound up today. Uh, we can talk about Margaret Nitsky talking about the U.S. Supreme Court, and it is Justice Clarence Thomas that says it is time to revisit same-sex marriage. That was a infringement on religious rights, so we can talk about uh, that. Uh, Senator Toomey announced yesterday's not running president of course did that spectacle at the white house uh, very much endangering much many many more individuals so Ooh, we can talk yes, about that yes he's just a super spreader well he is <laughs> he it, it is a he's rare going out kissing babies did you see yesterday joe biden's wife had to pull him back from a reporter because he was right in their face uh, no but uh, breathing on them very appropriate move so yeah our <laughs> our uh, our um, 
candidates just don't get it. It's funny because the day before the president said, I get it now, only to find out the next day he takes off his <laughs> mask. But he really in didn't get it at all. He doesn't get it. No, sorry. Oh, well. In your opinion. Okay. Well, no, that's it. He said it and he did it. So that's that. But he said, you know, I think what he said something that needed to be said. He said, you can't let it consume your life. Oh, I agree absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Especially when you are a super spreader. You've just hosted events that have infected <laughs> dozens of people, some of whom are pretty high ranking individuals in the U.S. and certainly put many, many others, including the vice president, at risk. Uh, it is painfully obvious and uh, wonderfully clear that, no, he does not get it. So that's fine. Well, go ahead and do the news, and we'll pick this up on the other side. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor <laughs> Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Uh, you can call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at or text us at 70236. That's our Text Connect system. You can sign up for that at wkok.com. Uh, we use it to notify you whenever there is breaking news breaking local or national news, closed roads around here, uh, weather warnings from the National Weather Service or AccuWeather about uh, imminent danger that you'd have to be careful of. So that's what we use TextConnect for. So you can sign up, give us your cell phone or page your number. We don't do anything with that number other than send you messages when the time comes. And typically it comes with a link that says click here for more. If it's, for, for example, if it's a road closure that doesn't impact you, you no need to click on the link. You don't necessarily have to find out about that. But if it says, hey, you are going to go on Highway 29, and here is Highway 29 is closed. Uh, that's That would be something you'd want to click on, find out how long, that kind of thing. Uh, so please uh, sign up for Text Connect, and it is an opportunity for you to stay connected. And uh, no more than maybe 10 or so, maybe a dozen at the most uh, messages uh, per month. And that uh, once you have it, you can send message to the newsroom any old time you wish. 70236 is the tech number that you would use, the text number that you would use. Uh, to use Text Connect for correspondence. Some brief news headlines. There were two individuals in our area who have died after several weeks. A 90-year-old man was killed in a two-vehicle crash in Snyder County recently. Details just now out. I believe you wanted to say 90. You said 9-year-old man. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. A 90-year-old man killed. Thank you. Myron Mitchell of Troxaville died in that uh, crash on Route 235 in Adams Township, September 22nd. Details just now coming up. And it was about the same time in September September that 78-year-old Stephen Miller of Middleburg was injured in a crash. Uh, he died October 1st, according to the Adams County coroner. That crash happened there. During a recent State of the Valley presentation, two state lawmakers say there is a big issue financially in Pennsylvania, but they hope to backfill it without making any significant cuts. Linda Schlegel-Culver first. You can't make that up by raising taxes. You can't make it up by pure cuts. So we are discussing right now um, new and inventive ways or uh, ways that you can make cutbacks that there aren't a lot of consequences to them. $5 billion hole she's talking about, but State Senator John Gordner says there are some various state reserve funds and federal funds that can be used to partially backfill. Regardless of the deficit, both have said and offered assurances that human-serving education, child-serving funding would remain stable throughout and after the pandemic. A seventh Union County death has been reported in Union County. The State Department of Health said there were 10 new Union County 
coronavirus cases as of yesterday. They hit 568 uh, since the start of the pandemic. Also, the seventh county death was noted, and at Allenwood Prisons, once again, an outbreak of uh, coronavirus there. It is official. We will not be seeing U.S. Senator Pat Toomey's name on a ballot in 2022. I've been getting phone calls almost on a daily basis from people who have said, I want to help you run for governor. I want to help your re-election campaign. And once I reach the decision, I need to be candid with them. And he said he's going into the private sector. No governor run, no Senate run. And beyond that, he says his future is unknown. Uh, no details out on the visit yet, but uh, Joe Biden is going to Gettysburg today. He will deliver remarks calling on Americans to come together. The campaign says he will also remind voters that we are in a battle for the soul of the nation, and it's a battle we that we've won again and again throughout American history, and that looks like we'll have to battle for the soul of America again, a soul of the yes, nation. he'll be speaking from the parapet at Little Round Top. Oh, really? Okay. Or maybe he'll be on a rock in Devil's Den down below. Okay. <laughs> oh, but that's But you can cute. guarantee there won't be anybody around him, and no reporters will ask him any questions. Oh, I'm sure they're probing divisive questions. Did you see the town, the town hall that he did last, was it last night? No, last night he was on MSNBC. That's right, yeah, well, that was a town hall, an advertised town hall featuring Joe Biden. Uh, it was Monday night, the outdoor event, uh, which was hosted by Lester Holt. He kicked off the town hall by asking him to react to President Trump's departure from Walter Reed Medical Center and grilled him by asking if he was surprised by Trump's coronavirus diagnosis. But then the rest of the evening, supposedly these were undecided voters, but not one of them in the description said they were leaning toward Trump or, you know, they were all leaning toward Biden or thinking about Biden or they were former Republicans. It's gotten fairly widely panned. And again, there were no tough questions, not one. And Kamala Harris doesn't take any questions, and I'll be fascinated to see how she does in the debate tomorrow night against uh, the vice president. I would think she'd do exceedingly well. And she I didn't would... do well. Tulsi Gabbard ate her for lunch, destroyed her campaign. Just one, one debate oh, destroyed her campaign. Refresh my memory about this. Look that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the debate, but Tulsi somehow Gabbard Kamala was out. able to come back. Well, she came back only because Joe Biden picked her as his vice presidential running mate. She dropped out of the presidential race because she was destroyed. Right. She's a terrible candidate. Oh, okay. Geez, I thought she was a perfect candidate. I guess I'm mistaken. Well, her qualifications are good. I'm not going to argue that point with you, but she's just not a good campaigner. Maybe that's what I should have said. She's not a good campaigner. For national office. Is she used to campaigning for national office? She would, of course, run for Senate, where she's from, but what else? Well, I don't know who ran against her, what the quality of that candidate may have been. <laughs> very, very good and tough, and had well, asked oh, yeah, a lot well, of, they, raised they a lot hard. of tough issues. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take callers, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we have some folks. Uh, this is the most recent right there. Wouldn't you say, though, that that comment of Joe Biden's indicates what a, what you could call a plantation mentality? No, it means that you're unable to interpret uh, metaphors for people who are a little bit more informed on racial issues. And, and, but doesn't and the it make real it sound like that only issues. blacks only have menial jobs? What about the black doctors who are saving lives every day, the black nurses who are working Joe, hard? But Joe, no, he thinks about the black woman who's stocking the grocery shelves. How can you even say that we're black in a sense? Now, now, you're doing the same thing. You're pandering to blacks by sticking their name in No, in I'm just saying sentences. that I think that if you, were going, if you were going to name 
somebody for what they did, why did you have to put a color in front of it? Why couldn't he said, I'm here because the hardworking men and women who put their lives at risk to stock the grocery shelves did their job? You know, why did it have to be a black woman who stocked the shelves at the grocery store? Huh? Yeah. I mean, don't you agree with that? I mean, there are other people who do those jobs. If you're going to single out people by race, what about the Native American doctor who saved uh, someone with COVID-19? If we're not, a, if he's going to bring us all together, don't you think he ought to start by bringing us all together? Let's listen. I tell you why. Because the American public, the blinders have been taken off. They've all of a sudden seen a hell of a lot clearer. They've seen, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf or I got a young Hispanic is out there these dreamers are out there 60,000 of them acting as first responders and nurses and docs or all of a sudden people are realizing my lord you know these people have done so much not just black white across the board so 60,000 dreamers are first responders? Gee, that's like the 180 million people who died from gun violence. Do you think that's a misstatement? <laughs> I don't think that's a number he What's can What's the number you would say it is? I don't know. Oh, it's irrelevant. I see. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter if he's wrong. The fact is you don't know. Okay. Gotcha. But, but still, don't you agree? I mean, that, that to me is a plantation mentality. He says he's going to bring us all together, that race has no place in this country, and so he plays the race card every chance he gets. Yeah, I don't think it's a race card. I think what would happen, I think if you were more informed on the racial makeup of America and the actual issues that face them and really what is really going on in America as it, as it relates to race, I, I think you'd appreciate the comment. But since you do not, well, what, what, it what would really it, stick out. I feel to understand about that comment. I mean, it's demeaning, I think. On one hand, it ignores the contributions of other Americans. Right, and there's enough laws to protect minorities. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a man who says that color has no place in this country, that we need to be on an equal footing, and I agree with him completely. And yet when he gets a chance where he could make a statement that includes everyone, he singles out one race or two races. Well, if you were familiar with the makeup uh, of the uh, individuals who were on the front lines, the service industries that are the essential workers that kept working through many of the shutdowns in the pandemics, you would understand that uh, understand minorities make up a disproportionate amount of oh, that yeah? What's group. the proportion? You you know that number? Can you accuse me of not knowing a number? What's the proportion? 12%. <laughs> you made that up. I, I can did. tell you made that up. I know, because I know you can't <laughs> find out the answer. So, But in any event, look, the bottom line here, Joe, is that uh, Joe Biden gets it when it comes to race and and the racial makeup and the real prejudice that still exists in this country and the discrimination that still exists, you do not have a handle on that at this time. And because you do not have a handle on that, you can't understand that comment. He wasn't talking about discrimination, Mark. He wasn't talking about race. Find out about white supremacy that still exists in the globe today, not the... And that Joe Biden just demonstrated by that comment. Oh, he gets it. It's obvious. Oh, yeah, he gets so, it all right. You know, that if, he is able to stay in his basement because some black woman stocked the shelves or some Hispanic, 68,000 Hispanic dreamers working as first responders made that possible for if him. If you are uninformed, you will not be able to get it. Uh, <laughs> read this one right here. See, Biden can't you. mention a store stocking job without race. The man takes pandering to a new level. 
Yeah, is he pandering, or is he really just talking about a real issue that exists? But isn't he? We need but you, to know. You're, you're not addressing the central issue. Here is a man who says he's going to bring us all together. That race has no place in this country. We should judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Right. And the if way I may that quote you bring Dr. Martin together, Luther King, the way that you bring us together is you talk about the real issues realistically, naming names and and socioeconomic but groups. But you're taking and out of context what he said. He was talking about how he was able to survive in his basement. Mm-hmm. Because some black woman stocked the grocery shelves, right? And because, because service workers are disproportionately minority. And why didn't he say service workers then, if he wanted to say that? Why? But but that says okay. Well, the only service workers who count are the ones who are black. The I white service know. workers don't count. Isn't that funny that you get hung up on this when you clearly are out of your league here? But at the same time, you think yesterday's spectacle on the portico of the White House was totally appropriate. I didn't say it was totally appropriate. I just <laughs> oh said God. I understood what the president was trying to do. I think as usual. He, he exhibits a certain tone deafness to the circumstances he's in that I find disconcerting, to say the least. But on the other hand, I get the central point of what he was trying to say, which is that we cannot let fear consume us. Well, I think you have a And I think case. Rudy Giuliani put it well this morning when he likened it to the comments made by FDR in his first inauguration, that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Obviously, what his point was, and if you understood his point, I'm surprised you didn't acknowledge it, he was simply saying that if we're careful and take precautions, we can go on with our lives. Right. Don't let it... Uh, Don't let us consume you. Right. Exactly. So if you've lost a father or mother because of COVID, try not to worry about that. Don't let it consume you. And if you are fl- uh, to this very moment uh, oh. flouting the risks here, even though you claim to get it, don't worry. Just you should go ahead and grab it. You, you, you should, should be a groups. guest on Morning Joe this morning. Every, every day he talks about all those people who didn't get to say goodbye to Grandma who died of COVID. Uh, John, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, Mark and Joe. How are you this morning? All I'm right, perfect. You? Uh-oh, here. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Joe's trying to uh, hand me the bag, good. and Joe's, and John's going to put the lunch in it and hand it to me. <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, just a couple comments. Um, we're getting a little condescending here uh, toward each other. I think that uh, you need to call a truce there, and uh, uh, neither one of you know the facts. So, uh, uh, you know, you're just making guesses here. But, you know, the the problem we have in the country is the divisiveness. And unless we can start talking to each other instead of talking at each other, we're not going to solve any problems. Um, We have people who talk at each other all the time. But to talk to under each other means, number one, that, that you have compassion and that you genuinely are interested in solving the problem rather than just making your point. Joe so, started it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the problem we have in national politics. We talk at each other, you know, we, we but nobody, neither political party really wants to solve the problems because they make millions and millions and millions of dollars of contribution by not solving the problem and blaming the other party for, for, for the problem. And until we get the big money out of this and so forth, until, you know, we, we're killing this country uh, with, with the attitudes and we're killing this country with blame the other guys, never my fault, it's always his fault. And, and uh, you know, the I just read a tremendous article about, you know, the divisiveness. Uh, and, you know, what happens in a divided country 
is that that the socialists take over. Uh, if you can sow enough unrest, happened in Russia. By the way, it happened in France in 1789, and you know the French Revolution lasted exactly nine years until Napoleon Bonaparte became dictator. So if we're going to preserve the wonderful American system and our way of life, we need to start talking to each other with the goal of solving problems and not talking at each other with the goal of blaming the other party for the problem. I love you, Joe. You're the greatest. <laughs> you said I started this argument. I'll finish it. You're nuts. <laughs> well, that, it's an excellent point, John. You know, we, we, we kind of get caught in the weeds and we're arguing about what kind of trees are in the forest without paying attention to the fact that we're lost in the, in the, in the woods here. So. Well, I mean, you, John, you ignore the fact that sometimes uh, this is like professional wrestling. You win, you lose, you win, you lose. We pick an argument and stake out a position on it. But I I honestly think that for a man who's claiming he wants to unite the country, Joe Biden does a lot of things that are divisive and refuses to accept ownership of them. President Trump is certainly divisive, in my opinion, and he he doesn't take ownership of that. I merely point out the hypocrisy because the far left is always willing to find President F- Trump's faults, mm-hmm. but they never look in their own backyard. But I, I, I agree with that. I think that there is a lot of that going on. Um, the hysteria, you know, the left has gone beyond nasty to, to hysteria. You you look at Hollywood, and I want to tell you something about Hollywood. These people are in no position to be more, to, to treat us as, as they're morally superior. These people, you know, these people peddle porn and violence uh, and make millions of dollars off of it, but they're telling us, you know, how, you know, what, how, what morally bankrupt people we are. They have no place to talk. All right. Well, thank you so much, John. Uh, Check your calendar. We're probably going to have an upcoming Friday, so I'll send you that date as soon as possible. See if we can get you back up here. So I'm glad you're still friends, and uh, thanks for listening. Me? Friends Uh, with him? uh, you got to be kidding. We're arms arms (laughs) like... We shake with hands with our arms way outstretched. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, John. Really appreciate you checking in. Excellent. Yeah, good point. I really appreciate that. Well, and I, and I worry about the country because we are so divided. It just seems as though we we don't have the ability to really uh, see people for who they are anymore. So let's take a quick but you break. you got to practice what you preach. All right. I'm working on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Let's uh, take a quickie break. When we come back, uh, we are going to enjoy a unifying discussion with one of our good callers, Cindy. So stand by. But we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. we got three open lines, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, but we got one occupado with uh, Cindy. Good morning, Cindy. Thanks for calling in today. You're on the Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope that you're both feeling well, and you certainly sound chipper. <laughs> I was thinking there for a bit that you were making a, like a mock emulation of the debate when you were stepping all over each other and raising your voices. <clears throat> was that... Uh, was that what you were trying to do? <laughs> oh, yes. No, our producer was egging us on. He kept sending me texts oh, saying that not. Mark doesn't like you. Get him. And then he would send Mark a text <laughs> saying, Joe's, Joe's getting the best of you. Strike back. Oh, brother. That's not exactly his perception, as he mentioned to me, Joe, but I'll, I'll take you at your word. No, I'm I, lying, I, so don't take me at my word. Okay. I, I wanted to say I found the, um, the person you interviewed at the beginning of the show to be very interesting. Thank you for having him on. And I believe that we should set a limit of the number of years that judges can serve. And I've said this before, and I think 20 years should be the maximum. That's plenty of time for them to have contributed. There are hundreds of thousands of lawyers. There's not going to be any shortage of other people to step up and take those positions. But did you hear his point, Cindy? And he made a very good point, an excellent point. He said if you appoint somebody young, uh, let's say they're in their 40s and a 20-year term... Amy Barrett's 43. uh, ...a 20-year term and you limit them, they could be thinking about every decision and what it might impact on their future. Isn't that true for every legislator we appoint? Every, every legislator, perhaps, but not every federal judge, not every Supreme Court judge who has the, a lifetime term. Why should they? I mean, when we established this whole lifetime thing, I, people didn't live to be 80-plus years old. And whether people want to accept this or not, it's certainly my experience that as you get older, your faculties, your capacities fade. And... Uh, for that reason alone, I don't think you serve us well when you persist in serving us. Look at Rehnquist. My God, he drifted away forever. Uh, I remember being in D.C. There were all these people standing outside the Supreme Court. I walked up to the one man. They were waiting for him to die. I asked him, oh, we're waiting for Justice Rehnquist to die. It was so morose. <laughs> I think if we had a limit, like we do here in Pennsylvania, you know, here in Pennsylvania there's an age limit to being a judge. I don't think the state has crumbled into disastrous situations because of that. Not only that, but ours are term limited. They have to be renewed. They don't get uh, a lifetime appointment ever. And I think that the Commonwealth has served fine by that. So well, do I, not some I don't federal agree. I don't believe the president runs his presidency with a mind to what he's going to do later. I don't believe that that's true. No. I think that people who are elected, who go through the agony, just think about what we put people through to be elected to office or nominated. Good God, you go through a maelstrom, it's like a crucifixion. And, and then you strip yourself of any privacy and you drag your family in now. Not that people, not that that's what it's supposed to be, but that's how the press and some other people behave. 
I don't think people do this lightly, nor do I think they make the investment in their time and effort so they can better their life later. Are there not some federal retirement limits? Don't judges, federal judges, retire at 70? There are age discrimination laws in this country. Okay. that say you can't discriminate against somebody because of their age. Right, but aren't there mandatory requirements? But, but of course, judges, Judge Muir, who we heard about earlier, he right. stayed on the bench till he was 90-something. I've known some people in their early 50s who have Alzheimer's and who would certainly not be somebody you'd want on the bench, but I know other people who are older and very, very sharp. So I think that it depends on the person, and hopefully a judge would have the common sense to realize when their time had expired. And you correctly point, well, you pointed out... I point to Rehnquist, and I point to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg as two examples of people on the Supreme Court who, when they knew they were in declining, in their house, didn't step aside. So that's why I say this. You know, I I expect mature adult decision-making out of these people. And that, to me, staying on the court, even though you're no longer performing, even though you're in health decline, and you know it, remaining in that position, manipulating things, clearly manipulating things, that's not serving the country. That's self-service, the very thing that your earlier interviewer was concerned about, except that's while you're on the court. You know, I, uh, I believe that our... The position, we should look at it in the basis of who else, what other job, name me another job in this country where you get a lifetime appointment. But even when she was undergoing chemotherapy, Ruth Bader Ginsburg never missed a a court argument. One way or the other, she participated. So I I think it's a little unfair to say that she, maybe because when she knew her diagnosis was likely to be terminal, maybe she should have stepped down, but she was doing her best to fulfill the job she was appointed to do. And I give her high marks for that. Good for you, Joe. You can see it that way. I see it differently. Okay. I respect your opinion. I hope that you can respect my right to sure. mine. Sure. Oh, I, I, do. I don't think we're well served by appointing people onto the court who can stay there forever. And if we put a 20-year limit, for example, on how long you could serve in any judiciary position in the federal courts, we could, I believe, get rid of some of this rancor. It's the fact that these people are there forever that is part of the fomenting of this uh, disgusting behavior on the, on, by the senators, as far as I'm concerned. Right. If, they, if they didn't think they'd be there forever, I don't think they'd be quite so rancid in their comments and, and contentious and outrageous. And I don't think they'd stoop to attacking these people the way they do. But I think I'll take issue with that, because if they Mm -hmm. believe that the person is ideologically opposed to what they want to have happen, I don't think the fact that they're only going to be there for 20 years is going to make a bit of difference in the way they approach their their, uh, questions at the hearings. I don't think it'll make a bit of difference. Well, wouldn't it be true that it's inevitable? Then then every time we have a presidential election, we know whether or not you're going to get to appoint anybody under my plan, under the 20-year plan. And we could stagger it so that you know that every president maybe replaces at least one, perhaps two, right? We could do that in terms of implementing it so that in the end, if that's so important that we should tear our country apart over it, at least we're not doing it constantly. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. We'll take another quickie break. Read one of those emails or texts if you it would. It says, so. okay. Uh, good morning. Just letting close, uh, just getting close to our loser, lawless, liar, and stupid racist president puts our next president, Joe Biden, in danger. 
Signed, Bob. Okay. <laughs> a lot of love there. Yes. Oh, well, the left is just so loving and inclusive. Read that, though. <laughs> okay. What the world needs now is love for one another. Keep that at the top of your list for all humans. Prayer is next. Next is giving people the right to be right or wrong without the name-calling. Many other suggestions next. Let's. The last one is go out and vote. All right. For President Trump, if you get the opportunity. That's not written there, but I have the feeling that's woven in there. All right. one 800 9565 is our telephone number. Yesterday, the president was on the front porch of the White House, and then later he released a video on Twitter that said... I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. All right, so there's the president. Uh, we would invite you to comment on that or anything else is made for TV return uh, to the White House yesterday. Fortunately, he's better enough to be in the White House, so that is certainly good news for the nation. And we invite you to call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.kok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Here's your recording of Joe and I just a little bit earlier this morning on the show. So let under me ask oh, you this. Andrew, Andrew, no, no, oh, go ahead, mister. Andrew, I'm listening Andrew, to you. People under, you get three he, and a half million dollars from Moscow. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 1-800-795-9565 1-800-795-9565 News Radio 1070 WKOK invites you to check out the Sunbury Motor Company. They sell Ford, Hyundai, Kia, Lincoln cars and trucks. Do as I have done. Go there and get pumped up with nitrogen. I got my alignment there, so I'm standing up straighter. I got pumped up with nitrogen. I got my body work done. And they need a lot more paint this time to get around the front. But I'll tell you what, uh, they are super serving customers from the quick lane and the parts department and the truck shop and the tow shop and the body shop and the nitrogen shop and the alignment shop. And guess what? If you take in a car that's uh, 20 years old and it is just on its last leg, they'll send you over to the new and pre-owned vehicle shop where uh, folks uh, like Jason and Jeff and Ernie and Austin and Kyle uh, will get you squared away in your next vehicle. Do as hundreds and hundreds of your friends have done. A lot of them got their picture on Facebook, too, when they bought their new vehicle. So they stand next to the vehicle and they take your photograph and you get to be on social media saying that I am one of the hundreds of thousands of people who've been to Sunbury Motor Company, and I am a satisfied customer. And uh, we just invite you to participate in that discussion. SunburyMotors.com these days is the way to get started, and you can make entire vehicle purchases online right from your home. Get the vehicle delivered. It's contact-free if you so desire, and that's your opportunity at the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. 
Hey, good morning, fellas. Well, you know, John brought up a good point there. Uh, we talk at each other instead of two, but my question is, how do you carry on a conversation with someone that won't even listen? For example, I believe in climate change, but I don't believe in man-made global climate change. So once I take that position, the people that don't believe what I believe, it, they shut it right down and call me a climate denier. So how do I reach the people like that? They cut me off and that's it. How do they reach Dan? Over. How do they reach you? Maybe that you should be asking yourself that question. Uh, the well, that you know, because they say they have science. Okay, I have. I have science on my side, too. They say, Dan, you don't believe in science. Well, there's probably more scientists don't believe in man-made climate change. Now, I believe in climate change. It's obvious the climate changes. But I have as much science saying that man don't affect the climate. So... Hey, you know, there you're at. Uh, but you're you getting can't. you're getting specific when the when the point John was making is more general. The fact that we need to have dialogues with one another. But I think you also raise a very good point. If we are so intransigent in our opinions, what's the point of having that dialogue? I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change mine. So even if we talk to each other and not at each other, we won't resolve anything. That's yeah, that's exactly right, Joe. And this the other day, I brought up. We were I was talking to someone about the fires in California going out of control, and I said, "What's needed is forest management." Well, they cut me off right away <laughs> and said that won't work. Well, how do they know it won't work? There's scientists say that it will work. We have to start. It's not going to work overnight, but we have to start with forest management, which was brought up many years. I know even the Bush, uh, President Bush brought up forest management, but the people that believe in, uh, don't, they believe in this, uh, global climate change they won't listen they say it's all because we're we're ruining the environment with carbon dioxide in the atmosphere well, they Dan, won't listen when to you build, anything with forest management damn when so you build your damn when you build your home on a f hillside in a state with a severe water shortage most of the time and where it's dry as tinder for a good part of the year you have to expect that some bad things might happen <laughs> correct correct but if we did forest management we could gradually get control out in California. Other countries do forest management, and they do great with it. But here, we're, we talk at each other, and there's nothing being... I think there is going to be something done with forest management, I hear. 
Right. So up to this point, all we do is talk at each other. All right. If, um, if I bring up abortion, whatever we got to get away. Yeah, we talk yeah, at <laughs> each other. <laughs> We, we don't care, Dan. <laughs> Just I'm only kidding. Little joke there. Okay. <laughs> but you're right, you know. But, again, if your opinion is so locked in and mine is so locked in, we could talk to each other all day long and nothing would result. But That's exactly cl- my point, Joe. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Dan. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have one side that's oh, totally opposed to the other and there's no talking across now my side won the election so to speak but the other side all they did since the election is protest my choice yep all right we got you thank we you got so much we got to move along thank have you. a great thanks dan take appreciate care that. appreciate that we got a text up at the top there text at the top says forest management is up to the game commission in pa i believe yeah i think they work with uh, dcnr and the department of uh, bureau of forestry in pennsylvania okay. makes those kind of decisions but we control burns are very rare in pennsylvania and forest management isn't something that's taken too seriously, but probably is going to have to be in the decades ahead. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. You're welcome. Good morning. Um, I'm just on my way, and I was listening to Dan, and and I I get his point about talking with each other. That's a great point. But I have to admit that if if someone said to me um, about climate change that it's not affected by humans, that that would kind of turn me off a little bit because common sense would tell me that you can't have eight or nine billion people uh, you know, doing what we do every day and it affects the oceans, it affects the forest, it affects everything. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's affecting the climate. And the other thing would be forest management. When they talk about going into the forest and sweeping the forest floor, etc., to <laughs> me that just seems like the dumbest thing I've ever heard because that's how a forest uh, contains its uh, biological life. Things break down, it feeds the soil, etc. So, you know, that's a non-starter for me, too. So I, I understand what he's saying. I, I probably would not want to talk to him. <laughs> well, and I think you know, people don't, you know, I, I, when you're talking about the forest floor, you're right, that's where it regenerates, but I, I don't think people always realize how dry it gets. Once it gets dried, that uh, regeneration and that rotting all ends up sort of being on hold while things dry out, and then yeah. it's really just yeah. a big I, fire danger. I understand that. I understand so. that. I, I just don't know if I go in there with the giant... You know, shop <laughs> Well, let, let's put it this way. If they hadn't had a giant firework at a reveal party, about 100,000 acres in California wouldn't be burned today. So putting people on these dry hillsides in homes, in $100,000, homes, you can pretty much bet that somebody's going to do something sooner or later that's going to cause a fire. Was it a boy or a girl? Well, I that, don't know. That, that takes me back to, like, the human element. It's just, in my mind... Billions and billions of people eating, sleeping, uh, getting rid of their waste, etc. Common sense just tells me that's got to be having an effect on climate and everything else. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. Good comments. Very good Thank comments, you. Mike. Thank you. Top text again. Top text says, uh, gee, Eric, Trump did his drive-by. Oh, that, that's what you wanted me to read? Uh, oh, no, that's, it looks like there should be another thing to that that isn't there. Climate change, man does change it. Is it, but there's no capital letter. It looks like something's missing. So. I think he's just using, not using oh, okay. capitals. Climate change, man does change it. If we put our waste and chemicals in water, there is climate change, in my opinion. 
All right. Well, maybe okay. we are missing something. I think there's something <laughs> okay. else missing there. Sorry. Resend that, uh, Bob. We we're missing a word there. Carl, stand by. We'll be or Carl and Mike, stand by. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Subway Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Carl, thanks for checking in today. You are on the Mark. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to chime in on the blame game a little bit. It seems like people want to blame President Trump for the coronavirus. But let's look back to who actually is the blame. Isn't it the Chinese? Yep. And when you look at the two candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden... Which one do you think is going to stand up against the Chinese? I mean, just look at their record. Joe Biden pretty much gave the Chinese whatever they wanted when he was in office, and Trump has put tariffs on them. So I think if we look at that, uh, if we're going to be honest, Trump's going to stand up against the Chinese and hopefully do something to... Joe, please. I don't... I don't know what that is. Now Joe's that watching I was trying to find a piece of information, and some sound came up on it. I was trying to okay, admit what okay. you were saying, because you're making an excellent point. But uh, it just seems like, you know, let's, let's stop blaming Trump for something he really had nothing to do with, uh, and look at who's going to combat this the best in the end. That's what I had to say today. Well, he's in charge of the U.S. response. I understand that he's not responsible for bringing the coronavirus here or creating it or making it occur, but he is re- in charge of at least uh, leading the U.S. response, and that's where I think people say they have some criticism. Uh, I'm not leveling any criticism at the president. It is what it is at this stage. You know, I'm a more forward-thinking person in terms of what we should do, but people blame him because they say he didn't do enough, didn't get tests out fast enough, didn't, you know, p- hospitals to this very day don't have enough N95 masks, so that might be something you could criticize the president about if you so chose to, but you could also point to he's done 20 things to uh, help us through the well, pandemic. You could, you could point to his xenophobia for having put a travel ban on the Chinese. Oh, I do remember exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> that was exactly. as plain was as day. Gonna, yeah. I was, I was going to say that, and that's exactly what Joe Biden said he was. He was xenophobic. xenophobic. Yep. putting a travel ban on. So I, I just think that, you know, let's be honest about it. Let's stop blaming, you know, let's push in the blame game. It came from the Chinese. You know, who knows if was, this was done accidentally or on purpose. But I think Donald Trump will be the guy to get to the bottom of that. And if it was done on purpose, make the Chinese pay for it. Well, and the Chinese, of, the, Chinese the Chinese are... Chinese, go ahead. 
instead of the Chinese paying the Bidens to uh, shut it up. The Chinese are to Biden what the Russians are to Trump, I think it's safe to say. All right, thank you so much, Carl. Really appreciate the call. Mike, you could, you could potentially be the last caller of the day. You just never know. You never know. That's the only thing you do know. Hey, uh, a while ago, one of your uh, texters said that the uh, low river level here on the Susquehanna was due to global warming. And uh, I kind of just got done looking at some data. And this is from the north or the west branch of the Susquehanna River. If you look at the top ten lowest river levels on the Susquehanna River level, and that, that data goes back into the 1800s, six of the ten lowest levels occurred during an eight-year period from 1964 to 71, okay? And that was during the, t- that was during the time when they told us we were going to have another ice age, if you remember. So, I, you know, I'm not arguing one way or another. I, I believe that uh, man does have an impact on the environment, okay? But at the, at the end of the day, I believe the sun rules when it comes to our climate. Well, if you said, if you look at all the weather records that you have access to, you would say climate change isn't in negatively impacting our local climate, whether it comes to precipitation or temperatures. To this very day, all of the record low, or mo, I'm sorry, most, MOST, the majority of the record lows are prior to 1950. Well, yeah, that, that, that is absolutely true. But there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to consider, okay? And again, I'm not... When, I, when I'm trying to talk about information that I'm familiar with and ideas that I have, I'm not saying one way or another, but let's use Williamsport, for instance, when the official recording station was out at the airport. Well, the airports were generally built where land was cheaper away from the city. And now, if you go look, there's uh, you know major highways, there's industrial de- developments, there's a lot of things going on that affect the overnight low temperatures in that particular area. The same thing is true at the University of Pennsylvania, Penn State University, where you look at their official recording station. It didn't used to have uh, dormitories and and science buildings around it. Now it's covered with parking lots and football stadiums and things like that. So there's a lot of things that affect uh, data, okay? But, But what I'm trying to say is this. You can't make a blanket statement and say, hey, Low river level is, is due to uh, global warming, or the fires in, uh, in the West Coast are due to global warming, because that's not true. In what? fact, if, if 50 years ago, we didn't have all this beautiful satellite imagery and, and all the data to put on our TV screens. People were so busy working, and they only had three channels anyway, they didn't have time to see the smoke from these fires. But trust me, that smoke... Uh, 150 years ago, we had fires like that in the West, and that smoke traveled around the world, just like it is today. All Good right. point. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You're Appreciate welcome. your call, Mike. Take care now. All right, Joe, we'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Got open phones tomorrow. And we probably will have some issue come up overnight, some new outrage that the president has committed for you to harp upon. I'm sure the president will <laughs> perform spectacularly in I'm that department. I'm sure you will think he will. Uh, you're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.